My name is Gerald Eastwood, and this episode has one of the strangest storylines you will ever find, but it may be closer to the truth than you will ever experience. Founder and former director of the Fortean Research Center, the Reverend Dr. Raymond Boucher, has been involved in the study of unexplained phenomena since 1965. He has served as Nebraska State Director for the Mutual UFO Network. He has been retained by the University of Nebraska as a consultant to organize, host, and present research papers at international conferences on the unexplained. He has published numerous articles, four books, and a collection of his writings. He holds a BA from Peru State College, a master's degree from St. Mark's School of Divinity, and a doctor of theology from St. Paul Theological College. He has uh, served as a pastor for adult education at one of the nation's largest Lutheran churches, the Missouri Synod Congregations in Lincoln, Nebraska. Here is the story. Reportedly, Dr. Boucher was approached and met on Monday, November 25th, 1991, with two men who identified themselves as being associated with the NSA in Fort Meade, and the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency, in Washington, D.C. He was told as a result of their group trying to work with demons, there were various deaths in the program. Ray has said that his sources personally showed him graphic photos of three of the dead, as well as ill health and a series of events that could almost be described as literal curses. He was shown photographs of three dead people in their late 20s and 30s who looked like they were in something like dentist chairs and hooked up to EKG machines. They died during an experiment where black arts and rituals were used to try to summon up extraterrestrials so as to work with them. They each died a bizarre, strange, sudden death. Dr. Boucher was shown 12 photographs of the three dead from different angles. The Pentagon had gone over its head and didn't understand what transpired. They consulted him. Nick Redfern wrote a book, Final Events, about these revelations. In fact, Ray Boucher has an amazing website full of information itself. We will cover tonight multiple topics around this theme. First, let's briefly look back to the 1960s. Professor Jacobs is a respected professor at a major U.S. university. In the 1960s, he was in the Air Force. He was the officer in charge of optical instrumentation, photography, and his job was to film ballistic missile tests launched from Vandenberg Air Force Base in California. In 1964, during a test of the first missile they filmed, they caught on film a UFO traveling right next to the missile. A telescope photographed the missile as it entered its third stage of trajectory. It was about 60 miles above the Earth in subspace and traveling at over 11,000 miles an hour. The film showed a UFO, and a beam from the UFO, a beam of light, was directed at the missile. The warhead that was attached, it was a dummy warhead for the test, was struck by the beam and ejected. The day after this happened, he was called into his commander's office and shown the film by a major and was told never to speak of this again. He didn't for many years, but he finally spoke up. He said the incident itself was never properly classified. 
There is a YouTube video, UFO Destroys Vandenberg Missile, Professor Robert Jacobs Testifies. Very interesting, and I suggest you watch it. Now, going back in time further, in 1950, after a rash of flying saucer reports, the British Royal Air Force started a clandestine research operation, and it was five years in duration. On April 24, 1955, a RAF spokesman told the press that the UFO study had been completed. In the middle of 1955, RAF Air Marshal Lord Dowding gave a lecture in which he revealed the UFO investigation to some length. He stated that the phenomenon commonly known as unidentifying flying objects, number one, was paraphysical in nature. He said they were not made of matter as we know it, but they were spiritual in substance. Two, he said they were immortal in nature. He said the UFOs were not flying saucers as such, but were immortal beings who could manifest themselves in various forms, including human forms. And number three, he said they could render themselves invisible to the human eye. In other words, they have the ability to dematerialize and materialize at will. The British are pretty cool customers, right? Now, modern secular investigators acknowledge these factors and so generally affirm them. Dr. Jacques Vallée, a PhD, relates as he pointed out in Indivisible College, that the structure of the abduction stories was identical to that of the occult initiation rituals. Several years before that, in Passport to Magonia, it was shown that contact with euphonauts was only a modern extension of the age-old tradition of contact with non-human consciousness in the form of angels, demons, elves... Jacques Vallée warned us that the aliens are engaging in a worldwide enterprise of subliminal seduction. Is it possible that the alien encounters are demonic in origin? That's what we're going to explore tonight. Now, in doing research, I ran across a website called the CE4 Research Group. Charlie Edwards 4, CE4 Research Group. These people study close encounters of the fourth kind alien abduction. I'll be reading uh, for a few minutes here from the website of the CE4 Research Group and their Frequently Asked Questions page. Here we go. It starts out by saying, Warning, the following information may change your preconceived notion of the true nature of alien abductions and UFOs. Enter at your own risk. You may come away a changed person. Many already have. Then it follows with a quote from Dr. David Allen Lewis, author of UFO End Time Delusion. Quote, In dealing with the mystery of UFOs, we stand on your behalf in the front line of battle. We are in a defensive warfare at a major point of assault on humanity. End quote. Now the website says, Here's the research that even the UFO community doesn't want you to see. What you're about to see is probably the best kept secret in the UFO research community. The following work is the culmination of 15 years of alien abduction and UFO research by a group of researchers called CE4 Research Group. These researchers took on one piece of the UFO puzzle as a research project. They have done honest research on this strange and unusual phenomenon. They first started with a hypothesis. They collected the data and then attempted to share their findings. The research group has to date worked with 350 to 400 
Cases of the Alien Abduction Experience. Now we'll move to their FAQ page. Questions followed by some answers. This is from the website. Are aliens real extraterrestrial biological entities? Answer, in many circles this is readily accepted, but this is not a proven fact. No evidence yet today can absolutely show this. It is only a belief based on circumstantial evidence. The research findings that we have show that this is not an extraterrestrial biological entity that we're dealing with. Rather, the research shows what we're dealing with is this. It's a spiritual entity. And this is even what the secular realm is starting to see. They call it interdimensional or extra-dimensional entity. Well, they're only one step away from using the word the spirit realm, which we have no problem with that because we're actually talking about the same thing. But from a biblical perspective, we recognize that as such, there's only two realms. There's a physical realm and a spiritual realm. And that spiritual realm is in fact another dimension. And these entities are from that realm. Are aliens extra-dimensional beings? Many researchers today are leaning more towards this hypothesis based on findings. CE4 Research also believes, based on their research, this to be more the truth. Are abduction experiencers really taken aboard alien spacecrafts? There is no real evidence of this today. This is a recorded perception by the experiencer perpetrated by the alien entities. This can happen in a number of deceptions that these entities use to perpetrate this. How many of those people were you able to help stop abductions and terminate the abduction experience in their life? The total cases we've probably worked with as of now is about 400 and they're still coming in. That 400 is both the people saying, I too have done this, stop this experience, and also people saying, can you help me stop this experience? Out of these 400 cases, probably a third of those have actually been in the position when they were asking for help after seeing the testimonies posted on our website. So about a third of the 400 at this point are the ones we've actually been able to talk to and share with them, and we've found and we've got them to understand what this phenomenon is about so they can be free from this experience, and we were able to help them stop their abductions and terminate these experiences in their life. When it comes to stopping abductions, what method works, and does it work for all types of these entities? The way we work with helping people is getting them to understand they've been through a deception. And once that recognition is made, it starts them onto a level where they can understand and cope with the experience to a point where they can self-deliver themselves. What they're doing is breaking this stronghold that these entities have. They must do that themselves. It's not something we can do for them. We can share with them what we've learned from dealing with all these cases. We can show them evidence that we and they have the name and power of Jesus Christ over these entities. And they must recognize this themselves. And then they must be determined to do something about what they've recognized. And this process is in taking the steps through the eight R's to freedom that we work with. The eight R's process, which is described on their website, works with all of these types of entities. Another question, does invoking the name of Jesus to stop an abduction experience work for everyone that uses it? And the answer they say is this has come true in our belief from the heart. And we've actually had many testimonies where it didn't work the first time, but persistence showed that it did work. 
Another question, can it ever work for anyone who's not a follower of Jesus? Yes, it can. And we have testimonies of that from our research. Because of the outcome of this, it changes a person to be a follower of Jesus. They become witnesses to the name and authority. This makes for the best evidence that we have found. Another question, where does the authority of the name of Jesus Christ come from? Well, it comes from the book of Matthew, and in Mark, Jesus said he empowered us to cast out demons in his name. Mark 16, 17. Have you found any other name of a religious personage that stops the experience? We have only heard of a handful of such cases, but never with the life-changing evidence that comes with using the name of Jesus. It seems the alien entities allow this to give the impression of another name working, but the real evidence comes from a true life change of being set free from the oppression that comes with this experience. No evidence is shown that the experience can be terminated completely from their life, except through the name of Jesus and a personal relationship with him. What causes someone to have an abduction experience? Now this is very interesting, here's their answer. The secular researchers have been asking the same question for years and years. What causes people to have these experiences? And actually working in this, they say, for over 15 years, we found a commonality among experiencers. And we've been able to put our finger on an answer for that, and we believe this fulfills the question. And it comes in three different forms. We at CE4 Research Group have found through our research that people can have this experience because of one of three reasons or a combination of these reasons. The first reason or answer is that there are actually people that ask for this experience and we've actually been at conferences and working tables where people come up to us and go, you know, I'd really like to have this experience to see what it's all about. Well, be careful what you ask for because you open yourself up to that experience wholeheartedly when you say that. The second one is people unknowingly opening themselves up to this experience by dabbling in the occult or new age practices or mystical things. Anything that's ungodly can open you up to this realm where you're putting up a billboard to the entities to say that, uh, you know, you're welcome here. I'm looking for answers. I'm not looking in God's word. I'm looking everywhere else. And they are everywhere else. They will come into your life and affect you in some form or manner. People that are dealing with anything in paranormal, not just UFOs, they open themselves up. Ghost experiences, psychic abilities, they've opened themselves up to those particular experiences. It's like the enemy has a million doors out there waiting for you to just pick one. But in the Bible, God says, I stand in the door and knock. So we see most of the people that have become involved with this experience is because they have unknowingly opened a door in their life to allow this experience to happen by dabbling in areas that they shouldn't have. And the third uh, answer, they said uh, they had these experiences since they were children. Now, one thing that's puzzled us was that these children weren't op openly asking for this. They weren't knowingly opening doors. Uh, they weren't into these type of things. Uh, the more we started questioning the past of their lives, what's your family like, your family life like, your parents, what do they believe? That's when we usually found an open door. And the open door wasn't caused by the child. The open door was caused by the family itself, the parents, who were actively into black arts. And that opens everything up to what's called a generational curse, a generational cycle of the experience, which secular researchers are now seeing. 
Do you believe there's an alien entity agenda? We certainly do. We are seeing through the research that the purpose of the alien entities is to change your mindset, to take your mind off the one true God of the Judeo-Christian Bible. That's what they're saying. We see this in communications from these entities. Uh, Some of these entities are contacting people who are later known by the name contactees or experiencers. And they have multiple experiences. And these aliens, quote unquote, tell them all types of things in terms of the religious realm. And you can read a lot of it there on the website. And the question they raise is, why would space aliens come millions of light years away to tell us that just this one religious belief, the Bible, is wrong? When there are so many other religions that don't even agree with each other. These entities preach an Antichrist, New Age gospel. And if you go back to the Bible itself, Jesus Christ warned us to be aware of any angel who comes preaching a new gospel. Could this be what he was warning us of? The message we're seeing from the alien entities? They're all about deception. They're here to deceive mankind with their false warnings and false prophetic messages. And they'll do whatever it takes to make you believe them. Another question, who do you believe these alien entities are if they're not extraterrestrial entities? Because of the seeing that invoking the name and authority of Jesus affects the experience, we had to also look at it from a biblical perspective. In the Bible, there's alien entities, you might say. There's two types. There's angels, and there's two types of angels. God's holy angels, and then a group of angels called fallen angels. In the Old Testament, it says one-third of the angels were fallen. Now, these fallen angels' purpose is to deceive mankind, and they have certain abilities. And what appears as high technology may be their actual abilities. Secular researchers use the term interdimensional beings. Scripturally, they are spiritual beings with very bad motives towards humanity. Another question, how real can the abduction experience be to those who experience it? The answer, there are different levels of how much they feel the experience is real. A lot of the secular researchers will attest to this. They will say, I've had these dreams, and that's a key thing to consider. They've been in a dreamlike state. There are those, though, not a high percentage, but once they've been able to get where they have major recollections, the reality of the experience seems more intense to a higher level, as if it really physically happened to them. And as far as very real experiences, fallen angels have the power to create vision scenarios that are real. It doesn't really happen to the person. It doesn't happen in physical space and time, but as far as memory and recall go, the person did experience that. The experiences really do happen. But the fallen angel initiates it. Then the fallen angel and the person have a visionary experience that is real. But as soon as the fallen angel ends that experience, the entities seen in any constructed location, inside a spaceship, whatever, they simply cease to exist. In a minority of cases, these experiences can seem completely physically real to the individual because the Fallen angel made it seem real, which is the nature of a visionary expense. But it's not real in space and time. While fallen angels may manifest to cause physical injuries to an abductee, these 
highly real seeming experiences are vision experiences, as fallen angels and holy angels are seen causing in the Bible, and this level of reality is much more rare. The vast majority of abduction experiences are in that dream state. A lot of people use the term in the astral state or out of body, but that's all pretty much the same venue. And another question, are these are races, are, do races exist of these alien entities? We believe we're dealing with the elite of this hierarchy, the most deceptive, the most intelligent, the most powerful, to bring forth a deception of this being an alien encounter. The scripture tells us they are spiritual beings, not physical beings, although they have the ability to manifest into physical form, if needed, to perpetuate their deceptive agenda, to deceive mankind. Now, all of this has been read from the CE4 website. Check it out yourself and testimonies and stories. Very interesting testimonies. Now, author Brooke Alexander wrote, a lot of the characteristics that attend UFO close encounters are also highly characteristic of demonic encounters. More than anything else, the thing that we came to understand was that these UFOs are not extraterrestrial space vehicles, but they are extra-dimensional beings. Demonology is the ancient and scholarly study of the monsters and demons who have seemingly coexisted with man throughout history. Thousands of books have been written on the subject, many of them authored by educated clergymen, scientists, and scholars. John Weldon and Zola Levitt concluded, no acceptable theory is capable of explaining all UFO phenomenon except the demonic theory. Could this be the ultimate answer? Following the first coming of Jesus Christ, almost 2,000 years ago, the UFO activity seems to have abated until the Dark Ages, but it has steadily increased ever since. In our generation, since the late 1940s, it has astronomically increased. Could this be a sign we're entering the events of the Book of Revelation, which includes a seven-year tribulation period, followed by a thousand-year millennium? Now, the millennium is a great time to be alive, but the Seven-year tribulation, not so good there. It may be fast approaching. So now you see the whole story. The aliens, who are not really aliens at all, are preaching a New Age religion. This ties in perfectly with the New World Order. It goes hand in hand. And this is why the government is still in the dark. They haven't told us the full story. The reason I have written such a trilogy of books that I have under my pen name, Muir Taylor, is in preparation for a time such as this. Surviving the deep state, you must have silver, and Iran, the event. All are on Amazon and available now. The ultimate survival guides to this new time we are so rapidly approaching. If you have listened to all of my podcasts, then you know everything you need to know about the subject of UFOs. I would suggest reading the Pentagon UFO report after it comes out also. And then I would suggest preparing, time is short.